0: Hello everybody, you're listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast for Sunday, the 11th of March, 2018. Well, you're very welcome back to the podcast. I hope wherever you are that you're having an absolutely lovely day and that um, uh, uh, that the Mammy's Day Bog fairy has visited your mammy and given her a card to say thank you for having me. And uh, thank you for being my mammy. I sent one off to Mother Quake the other day. And I haven't heard word back of whether or not she got it in time. So I'm sure that's going to make for a very fun phone call later on this afternoon. Uh, so um, I, 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 since I last spoke to you, we've had all sorts of things going on. There was the terrible storm sent because of the young people trying to change the constellation. And uh, we all had to suffer through that, but uh, this is a story of hope this week, this week's sermon. Um, it's a very hopeful one. There's lots of goodies, people like me, people like Liam Nugent, who uh, went and cut the brakes on some pro-choice cars, you see. Those people have no respect for the sanctity of life, and they need to be kind of taught a lesson. And um, uh, We're all doing our little part, and um, I'm just absolutely delighted with... Uh, all the the big turnouts have been absolutely astronomical, and uh, they really they really defy uh numeracy. How many people have turned out for this uh, the big old march uh, so i 'm going to uh, hop into that, but first off uh, i 'm at crofts uh, today uh, I was supposed to be bringing Mammy quake, but instead. Mick Lowry, the old messer, uh, he showed up dressed as an old woman and uh, got in and used Mammy Quigg's ticket, uh, just as a bit of a joke, so uh, the bad news is I don't get to spend Mammy's day with uh, Mammy Quig, but um, the good news is I do get to spend it with Mick Lowry, my best friend, so that's nice and uh, we're here uh, uh, looking at um, all the, we're here for the best in show, Uh, It's my tortoise Rollo's birthday, so I brought him out for a look. We've been going around in a little papoose and uh, having a great old time. He's had a little tortoise-sized bucket of popcorn that he's eating from and a little tortoise-sized drink. And um, that's the the tip of the iceberg on the treats Rollo's going to get today. So um, it's his birthday, so wish him a happy birthday wherever you are. Uh, right now. And now we're going to hop on with this week's Sunday Sermon. Please be seated. I am very happy to see you've all (laughs) made it out of the old uh, snowstorm in one piece. It all went a bit uh, Dr. Chivago there uh, last weekend and... um, uh, everyone was trapped indoors in certain parts of the country, uh, except for Donegal, where God is always smiling. And um, I myself uh, found myself trapped in a car for um, 17 hours uh, with Ronan Mullen. Uh, we were on our way to Mick Lowry's house. Uh, we'd stocked up on loads of bread that he was going to uh, hand out to his constituents, particularly the ones. Uh, who uh, weren't that keen on him, a real quid pro quo sign-in blood pact situation where uh, down in tip, people were pretty much giving over their least favourite child in order to get a nice sliced pan and uh, it's very much the situation in Dublin as far as I could see people going absolutely lula by talking to each other that's right, up in the big smoke where nobody knows your name, bom bom bom. And if you make eye contact and nod hello on a Sunday morning, you're put on a registrar of lunatics, bom bom bom. Yes, uh, the uh, thaw uh, somehow, uh, or sorry, the the big freeze somehow thawed the hearts of the big city jackeens who were suddenly looking at each other as not as, uh, oh, there's that, uh, that douche nozzle that always orders a hot chocolate in the cafe when I want to get my mocha and it takes three minutes to make that and I have to wait longer for my mocha suddenly they were looking to each other not as annoyances but as a very viable eating potential things they were going to eat them uh, eat your neighbours is <laughs> uh, not something I condone but um, at least the people at Dublin were t- thinking about their neighbours, if only to eat them, so that was nice but uh, as I mentioned myself and, Roland and Mullen, we were stuck in a car together for the guts of 17 hours and uh, I'm not saying that lad's lacking in uh, life experience, but um, the average seventeen-year-old who's uh, successfully snuck to the local pub when some of the older men were heading back in after their old cigarette, uh, this ladine who then somehow gets served. Uh, then somehow after a drink or two winks at a garlean, uh only to then uh, uh, be so overcome with the nerves of that that he sicks up in the jacks, that lad has slightly more life experience than Ronan Mullen. And uh, listening to him... Uh, recount the plot of Congo over and over again it's a bit like that film Kiss of the Spider Woman uh, for those of you not familiar the film is about uh, the tale of two imprisoned men uh, Maloina and Valentine. and Maloina passes time by recounting memories uh, from one of uh, Maloina's favourite films a wartime romantic thriller uh, called Kiss of the Spider Woman and uh all the time going on about it and weaving the narrative into their real lives to comfort Valentine, distract him from the harsh realities of political imprisonment and separation from his lover Marta and uh, it, Ronan Mullen was doing that except with Congo which uh, is about a woman who teaches a monkey how to talk with its hands uh, so there wasn't too much to that and then he moved on to his next favourite film K-19 The Widowmaker That was a bit of a snooze, and then when he brought up Moneyball, I thought, oh, I like that film, okay, if you know that film well. But it turns out, uh, without the uh, performance and the directing and, you know, uh, the sort of the the showbiz side of it, the story of Moneyball is actually very boring. It's about how some lads use maths to be good at baseball. And uh, when you go really get into the ins and outs of averages and stats it's a big old schnooze but uh, Ronan Mullen I just kept on talking about it and then eventually I said I give up, ok what do you want do you want me to leave this car leave you here I'll go and uh, maybe I'll die and you'll live and Ronan Mullen said well I didn't bring it up but it's certainly something worth considering and um, uh, just then, a big old tractor went by and uh, cleared the path. And uh, this was just as well because I had a stalic mite uh, sort of palmed <laughs> up my coat, and uh, that was going straight for straight for straight for Ronan's leg. Uh, if he mentioned the phrase "baseball economics" to me again. Unfortunately, due to being snowed in in the car with Ronan Mullen, um, I wasn't able to tend to a parish duty of mine that I really do enjoy, uh, judging the snowman competition. Now, uh, due to some bits and pieces of work I had to do, I didn't get around to the houses to judge until Wednesday. And uh, that's where all the kiddians there, they claimed that most of the snow had thawed, but I argue that a true snowman never melts. Uh, So with that in mind, I will go through the nominees for Best Snowman in the Parish as judged on Wednesday by me, Father Quake, Wednesday when it was 7 degrees. Harriet and James Dogton's Detective Snowman. Zero points. Zero points. It was just, it was nothing there. There wasn't anything there. Maybe someone had stolen it. Maybe that was the point of it. It was some sort of installation. I meant to imagine. A detective snowman who turns out he's investigating himself. It was him all along. Uh, I didn't get it. So, uh, Harriet James, zero points. Next, snowman. Little Leamy Mastiff's Farmer Snowman, zero points. Uh, total waste of time going up to uh, Leamy's uh, granddad's farm uh, where we couldn't find the snowman. And he said he'd kept it in the fridge. But, sure, that's cheating. That is the snowman equivalent of testing positive for performance-enhancing drugs. Zero points. Zero points. Next, snowman. Angie O'Connor's Wonder Snow Woman. Zero points. Zero points. Uh, Once again, total waste of time going up to see it. I've effectively been shown a bit of a garden where there was nothing there. I'd prefer it if they'd said, look, we've got the Statue of Liberty here and pointed at nothing. At least then there's some sort of imagination, there's some scope to their delusion. Don't small fry me with snowmen who aren't even there. Zero points. Zero points. Zero points. Zero points. Byron Brennan, um, in his instance, Snowman was actually called A Pile of Dirty Snow. Now, this one actually delivered on its title. I couldn't, I didn't enjoy looking at it, but it was accurate. Uh, It was what it said on the tin, as they say, A Pile of Dirty Snow. So that wins this year's nicest snowman in the parish. Nice a snowman in the parish. Sponsored by the Credit Union. The Credit Union. Sponsored by the AIB Supermax Interstellar... Yeah? <laughs> Irish border Brexit update. Uh, good news. Um, we've been talking to the DUP and some people from the former SS. And they've come up with this wonderful new thing, basically... Uh, If you want to go across the border, uh, there's a very quick little operation where they put a chip in your skull, and uh, you can come and go as you please. Richard uh, Satchwell has been in the news a lot this week. His wife has been missing a year ago today, and uh, everyone thinks that maybe Richie had something to do with it. And um, he's been appearing on all sorts of media at the moment. Uh, trying to drum up interest in his as yet unwritten prison memoir, uh You Got Me, that's the title of it. And this is before he's arrested at all. So that's um it's a very uh forward thinking of him. But uh, it was on Ray Darcy the other night and um Darcy figures he's a bit of a Columbo and uh anyone coming away with uh, coming away from the Darcy Satchwell interview would be under are the assumption that one of these men is a dangerous sociopath and the other one's wife went missing a year ago. Uh, That's right. Darcy, uh, just the idea, the notion that Darcy could get a confession out of anyone. Uh, This was a man who, week in, week out, was bested by Ted attacks on the den. It's where a large a malevolent teddy bear called Ted would jump at Darcy and always take him by surprise and fell Darcy and Darcy would do his best to fight him off but it was never good enough because Ted never got the message because he'd be in there week in, week out collecting like the craze except he was, instead of shaking people down for money Ted was shaking Darcy down for pain so uh, this man he could not even Uh, successfully confront a teddy bear. Uh, So, you know, does Darcy, does he think that he's someone people can open up to? I mean, if he walked into a toilet stall I was just leaving that didn't have any toilet paper, I don't think I'd bother my shitty arse giving him a heads up. And, uh, but maybe uh, that's just me. Anyway, we wish that Richard Satchwell's wife would come forward and um, once and for all uh, uh, to to, to put Ray Darcy behind bars because newsflash, folks! Ray Darcy is a serial killer. I would just like to amend a statement I just made regarding Ray Darcy being a serial killer. To the best of my knowledge... He has never killed enough people to earn the title of serial killer. I think you have to kill two or three. So how can he possibly be a serial killer when you have to kill more than one person to become a serial killer? I'd just like to make a quick statement about the previous two statements I made regarding Ray Darcy being a serial killer he's never killed a serial near me or killed serily uh, or anyone called Siri or Cyril he hasn't killed anyone to the best of my knowledge he hasn't killed anyone now does that mean the burden of proof is on him to prove he's never killed anyone yes that's how the law works in this country but I would just like to say once and for all I do not have conclusive evidence <laughs> that Ray Darcy is a serial killer I don't know where you were on Saturday the 10th of March, but I was in Dublin attending a little event called... HISTORY? What? That's right, it was history, baby, and I wasn't alone. From all four corners they came en masse, from mass, in a minibus organised by the man who runs mass. Our destination, Dublin town. Who is picking up the tab? None of your business. Where we get our Yankee dollars from shouldn't concern you jacking headbangers one little bit. Our cause? To stick it to the man. By the man? The young people. Yes, and only the best activists would do in neutralising this youthful scum league. Our cause needed people of passion, drive, energy, vigour, and people with limited access to diverse media. So we got a crack team of the best of the best of the best. From every old folks home, convalescence home, hospice, hospital for the very, very extremely old and human taxidermists from across the land. We rounded them up, drove them to O'Connell Street, dumped them onto the pavement without a word of instructions or explanation and once they'd received their marching orders from the militarised smirk merchants who only sounded American and weren't actually American, we were ready to make history. Once we were organised, the crowd were swift on their feet and pure in their heart as they walked initially in a semicircle between Dr. Corky's casino and the Lewis Line, which they refused to recognise as having dominion over them on this earth. There were people from all ages, two mostly. The first being very, very young and not old enough to vote, and maybe a bit young to be politicized. And then there was also the second group of the very, very, very old in age, but many were young and heart, as some of them were heart transplant beneficiaries, and uh, they, um, they were a bit more sprightly on their feet than others. The turnout was beyond the limits of human calculation. By our estimation there are over 4.773 million in attendance. Uh, that includes people who showed up, uh, people who heard about it, people who are generally aware about it, anyone who was present on the island of Ireland while it was taking place. Uh, we also counted everyone who was passing through the street, um, the march was on, who uh, was going to the ropey match in the Aviva. And We also counted anyone who was at the match, watched the match live. Uh, was planning on watching it later uh, or was from the country uh, one of the teams was playing in or from a country bordering that country and from a country that traded to and are from. And that's why the protest was declared the best ever. Am I a hero? Who's to say? Yes. Yes, I am. And this cause... What is it even? Look, I'm not 100% sure. Uh, I only skimmed the scroll, couriered by the Archbishop's trusty Owl, Amy. Uh, I got as far as big day out in Dublin and massive overtime, and I was on the phone to a church caretaker, good old Ned. I said, Ned, you've got to dredge the lake where we crash the church minibus, clean it up, drain the engine of lake filth and pond scum, Build the Yanks for a brand new van that is to say, build them, send them the bill, get money for a new one. And then get this one, the one we crashed ages ago for insurance reasons and hid in the swamp. Then get that one on the road in time to protest, whatever it is the young people are after now. And what a day it was. I bumped it to my old friends Yank Daniels and Boston Mike to quote unquote lame-brain half-wits. Uh, uh, the boys had raised a lot of money for uh, the Ra during the Troubles uh, from a fundraising endeavour where they went door-to-door selling bootleg videos and uh, they were amongst the American delegation who turned up to help us out in the march. And the boys were still bootlegging videos but business had taken a dip. They blamed the video games for the slump and though I'm only loosely aware of what video games are it didn't stop me from agreeing with them and wondering what's wrong with the young people today. How can we hear their dreams and fears? And how can we find out exactly just what the fuck their problem is? We had young people on our march, but none of them are what you describe as officer class. <laughs> of course, we had young people on our march, but none of them are what you describe as officer class. Um, That is not to say that, you know, I'm not talking about a police officer whose surname is class. I mean, uh, sort of a classy type of individual. In short, the sort of person who doesn't turn up to the sort of thing I'm running. Uh, But look, most of the TYs came. They're all bullied and coerced into coming along by adults they're terrified of. And this uh, campaign was successfully replicated in schools across the country so uh it was uh, was a great success and i've been hearing a lot of people going on about the Americans, saying it was all americans a lot of americans there look americans are very easy to spot with their hoodies with loud colors their baggy jeans the interchangeability of the appearances of older married couples where they both look like the same person, except one of them has been squished. And um, The Americans' aggressive positivity and nauseating, we can do it attitude. And people say that there were loads of headbanger evangelist Americans at the march. First time any of them had ever left America, Anytime time any had the curiosity to get a passport, to come over here and try and gunk up the gears of our democracy. But in actuality, there are only two Americans there, Yank Daniels and Boston Mike. And that's about it for this week's Sunday Sermon. Uh, Tune in next week. We'll be having the Oscar rundown um, with uh, Liam Nugent, hopefully, or just another Sunday Sermon. Uh, In the meantime, God bless you, God bless me, and please rise for the homily. been listening to the Sunday Sermon Podcast by Charles Brody. You can follow me on Twitter at Charles Brody. Special thanks to Conor O'Toole Emma McKeveney and German O'Brien.